This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 152, Help Your Baby Sleep. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for barrier-breaking women who are ready to shed their good girl layers so they can own their power and live deeply fulfilling lives instead. I'm your host, Lindsay Elizabeth. I'm a leadership coach to women all over the world. And I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me and my guests as we challenge you to shed society's bullshit systems and beliefs to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you were meant to be. As you listen, trust your intuition to take what you love and leave the rest. The thoughts and perspectives I share on the show are my own with the lens of my lived experience as a privileged, white, cis, straight, able-bodied woman. And while that informs my experience and perspectives, I wholeheartedly believe living a deeply fulfilling life is possible to every woman. If I ever say anything harmful, I'm open to doing better and hearing your feedback. My goal is for you to leave this show feeling empowered, inspired and ready to share this show with every woman you know so they too can create a life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. my friend. Welcome to another episode of the show. So grateful to have you on this one. And it may seem like a random one where I'm talking about helping babies sleep because we don't talk about parenting all too often here on the show, but I wanted to bring on somebody to talk about sleep, especially for our kiddos. Because a lot of times I have women who want to work with me, especially if their kid is I'd say under five, but really, you know, in those first few years of life and they're like, Oh, Lindsay, I'm just so tired. I would love to be able to do this work, but I just have so much on my plate. And as we dig a little deeper, a lot of times it's, they're not getting good sleep because their kid or kids aren't getting good sleep. Breaks my heart a little bit for them because I know what it's like not to get good sleep. Trust me, I've had two little ones, but also too, it kills me because I'm like, oh, but I would love to work with you right now. I can see that you're really, you know, needing this growth in your life, but we can't do that work until you're getting good sleep. It's just going to make it really hard for you, a lot harder than it needs to be. And so um, I was networking in a women's group and I came across Dr. Sarah Mitchell and learned all about her, loved her energy, loved her background. And I said, oh, Sarah, you've got to come on the podcast and you've got to talk about helping babies sleep. And when I say babies, Sarah and I talk about in the interview later too, with babies, we're not just talking little babies. We're talking really all kids. She specializes in four months to four years, but you know, like my daughter, she's 11. I still consider her my baby. So just know what we share today is so helpful beyond just your typical quote unquote baby, right? And two, what you're going to learn about sleep is very insightful for yourself. If you struggle with sleep, Um, we actually had another episode of the show called sleep is a skill. We'll link it in the show notes that if you are struggling with sleep, that's a great one to listen to, because there's a lot of things that are tied in from that episode. And what Sarah talks about here in regards to sleep can actually be something that you really learn to um, be something that is easier for you in your life. 
So I can't wait for you to learn more about Sarah. She's going to give all of her background here when we start the interview. And I hope you have some beautiful takeaways from this interview today. And you reach out to Sarah um, at the end of the show with her free resources and looking into working with her so she can help you get the sleep that you need in your family. So here's my interview with Dr. Sarah Mitchell. Enjoy. All right. Today I have Dr. Sarah Mitchell on the show to talk about all things sleep with our babies. And Sarah and I were just talking offline um, before we hit record. And when we say babies, we mean babies four weeks to four years. But we're going to touch on beyond that too. If you still have a baby that's not sleeping beyond that. And we mean, when I say baby, I think like, oh, my babies, even though I have an 11 year old, like she's my baby, right? Um, and so I said in the intro, Sarah, why I wanted to have you on because it's so important we get sleep, especially during those early years. And especially if we want to keep growing personally during those years. Um, so I am so curious because I kind of know just a little bit of your story, but I'd love everyone to know all of your story. Like, how did you get into this? Yeah. Never in a million years did I think I would be a sleep consultant because that profession didn't even exist when I was a kid, but I was a chiropractor by training and um, really felt confident in my parenting abilities because I really did understand the anatomy and physiology and psychology about human beings. And then I had a son who just would not sleep. And I was just gobsmacked at how exhausted, frustrated, um, I was and how hard it was to find help for that at the time. This was 10 years ago, right? He's 10 now. And so I went down this rabbit hole. And the other thing too, is I come from attachment parenting background, which is the idea of, you know, co-sleeping and feeding on demand and baby led and all that. It just was not working for me. And so there were so many lessons I was learning in this, you know, anxiety ridden postpartum period about uh, the way you think you're going to parent doesn't always work out to be right. And having to pivot and be grant yourself grace. So I basically started researching, put my academic training to work and research everything I could about baby sleep and really understanding it. And I taught him to sleep and it was a life-changing experience going from waking up every two hours a night to having this kiddo that slept. And then I was in Canada at the time, you have a whole year off. And so there was so many other mothers around me and I would hear the conversations and the frustration and the exhaustion and whatnot. And I remember talking to somebody one time about what we were doing. She asked me, cause I was not giving unsolicited advice. Just want that to be clear. She asked me and I was like, yeah, you know, we're down to five months and we one night wake up and I'm feeling like so much better. And she was like stunned. And then her words, I can remember it so vividly where we were on the street and everything. Her words were to me were, I didn't even know that was possible. And so my mission here is not to, to tell you how you should be raising your kids or how long they should be sleeping for. I just want you to know what's possible. That's all, you know? And so um, from there, I just started like in my year off sharing how I got them to sleep and studying sleep. And I've always needed a lot of sleep personally. So it was, um, you know, I love, I love talking about sleep. I've always needed a lot. And so it just kind of fit. And then when my second came along, I was like determined not to make the same habits that I made with him. And I started doing like gentle newborn sleep shaping with her from day one. And she was an amazing sleeper. And, um, you know, I definitely feel like it's meant to do this. I've been meant to do this. Like, I just love doing it and it's just really growing. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of how I saved myself. And I just, feel like every time I'm helping somebody I'm it's Freudian I'm really saving my postpartum anxiety ridden self yet again so yeah okay so how many months was your son when you sleep trained him 
so I, I tried it three months and it didn't feel right. And mm. which was, is, was interesting. Cause I don't, I don't, and now I tell people at three months, just wait. Right. And so he was four months when I started and that's the earliest we work on independent sleep skills. And my daughter, I started with her probably around week three, four, just very gently practicing, putting her down awake instead of drowsy or dead asleep. That's, that's the, the circle on my book is why drowsy, but awake is kind of setting us all up to fail because sleep's a learned habit. So if you're making them drowsy, you're always doing the skill of relaxing them, which you help in the newborn stage, but there's ways that you can do it that are much more maintainable than always nursing to sleep or always falling asleep on you because then they start to wake up to the world and those things don't work as well anymore. And now you're stuck. And then you have the four months sleep regression and you're responsible to keep doing this every single time. So the newborn stuff helps you be a better detective, helps you really feel more connected and really understand your kiddos needs and helps you avoid common uh, parenting pitfalls that people fall into and minimizes the effect of that nasty four months sleep regression. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> and I wasn't sleeping well before that with my son. My daughter was a little bit easier. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. And it's so tricky because I just want to commend you too, Sarah, because you did that. You researched and you trained before. Because this is probably what, what year was your son born? Uh, 2011. Yeah. So my daughter was born in 2010. And I thought, because then I had a son in 2018 and I was like, I don't remember hearing about sleep training at all with my daughter. And I was like, maybe I just didn't know about it, but I guess it wasn't a thing. Okay. So not only did you look that up when that wasn't a thing, you researched it when you were probably extremely sleep deprived and your hormones are regulating. And then you did it like, dang, that's freaking cool. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's <laughs> dark days. Like when I think yeah. back to those times, I had, we had a terrible birth too. Like it was, it was a dark, dark time, but thank you for that. Yes. It was out of necessity. Cause I remember speaking to a lot of people. I, I remember speaking to my friend who was a doctor and saying like, how do I get him to sleep? Like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. And she was like, Oh, just enjoy your baby. And I felt so dismissed, but also like, what's wrong with me that I want him to sleep. <laughs> Right. I feel like we can't go on like this. Like I'm starting to get a bit resentful here. So what are we going to do? Well, and I'm I'm like you, like I really need sleep. Otherwise it's not a good thing. Um, And I remember those days of like, I've got to get these babies to sleep. Otherwise, like I'm going to lose it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, with all of the marketing of all these beautiful sleeping babies, I feel like we are taught that sleep should be this beautiful, natural, instinctual thing, but it's not it. The drive to sleep is there. Yes. That's instinctual. It's biological, physiological, but the way we sleep is actually a learned habit. And that a lot of people have trouble with, especially a lot of people from a parenting background have a lot of trouble with that. But if you think about yourself, like if I took away your pillow and I said, you can't sleep in your favorite position tonight you would be uncomfortable. You would toss and turn, but eventually you'd teach yourself a new way to fall asleep, right? Mm. So it really is a learned habit, but we just don't think about it. And I think also too, in the newborn stage, we're kind of duped those first few weeks because they're growing so exponentially. They're so tired. They just wake up, feed and fall right back asleep. And you think, oh, okay, <laughs> this should be okay. And then they start to wake up more and you're like, oh, this, this, is, this, is, this is what people were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then at what point did you start to help other people? So I helped, um, with 
basically when my second was born, because in Canada, you have a whole year off. Mm -hmm. So I just did it for free for a while because I just wanted to help people and know what, let them know what was possible for them. And then I so slowly started, I created a website and, and started having packages together. And then the online classes came out in like 2014, 2015. And then the book came out um, just this past February in 2021. Wow. That's awesome. Do you know offhand how many families you've helped at this point? It's, I mean, with the classes and the one-to-one combined, it's, it's at least over a thousand, but I haven't really kept track, but wow. my blog gets like 120,000 hits, um, a month at this point. Like it's, well, wow. it's, I started blogging like that was the first thing that I did, but you know, back in 2011, that was unique. That was like the thing. Yeah. Were just taking off. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's, and I just kept doing it cause I loved it so much. I just kept posting and sharing and posting and sharing. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Well, I just remember in those months when your child isn't sleeping, it just seems like oh, I could just get them to sleep. So it makes sense that you get so many hits per month of like, please, somebody just do this for me. Right. Yeah. Okay. So then let's talk about somebody finds you. They're like, Sarah, you're my girl. Okay. Help me out. What's, what strategies just from a general perspective are different from a four month old to a four-year-old? Yeah, those are two different animals completely. Right. So a four month old, um, you've got feeding and sleeping. So we say sleep consulting, but really it's really feeding, sleeping and parenting consulting is what you're doing. So a four month old, we're looking at um, you know, there's like, there's five pillars to the helping babies sleep method at that age. One, understanding sleep is a learned behavior. So, okay, he's going to be uncomfortable if we try and change the way that he falls asleep. I got that. The second thing is really timing of sleep. So avoiding those common errors of keeping kids up too long to try and have this ideal bedtime or these ideal nap times, right? Because if you put kiddos down too early or too late, it makes it harder for them. The third pillar really is looking at intentional feeding. So am I using food for fuel rather than to soothe to sleep? Because if I offer it to soothe to sleep. Not that there's anything wrong with that, except if you're struggling with sleep, you're going to have to change the way it works. Right. And, and making sure that I'm using food for fuel. The fourth pillar is really understanding like messaging bedtime routines and really being able to be consistent. Cause if sometimes they wake up in the night, you feed them and other times you don't, you're delivering two different messages about night wakings. And that makes it hard for your child to learn. So you got to be consistent. And then the fifth pillar is really what people think about when they think about sleep training, which I prefer to call sleep teaching, right. Is um, responding. So if I take away this pacifier, this known way of falling asleep, how am I going to offer comfort or how am I going to respond to those tears of frustration that are going to exist? And then I have like a whole kind of protocol and different approaches depending on your parenting style and your kiddo's age. Now that differs significantly from a four-year-old. A four-year-old, yes, we look at timing again. Am I, is my kiddo napping? Is that nap killing their nighttime sleep drive? And now they won't go to bed till 10 o'clock. I'm understanding that sleep is a learned habit. So what habits and how am I responding that's reinforcing those habits? And we're looking at motivating your child to want to change. Because if your child has been co-sleeping for a long time, why would they ever want to change that? They would never want to do that. So you're gonna have to motivate them. And that's where we talk about like incentives, which, you know, I'm not a huge fan of incentives, but they are absolutely excellent at changing behavior in a short-term manner. Cause you, that kiddo has to want to change and communicating and then having boundaries. So the communication and boundary parts, these are all the parenting skills. So here's what's going to happen. Here's what I'm going to do. Trying to get by on, would you like that? Okay, great. But if you don't do that, then this is what's going to happen. Do you understand? Yes, I understand. And then being able to follow through on that. Mm -hmm. So 
The follow through is what I see is the hard part with a lot of people. Yep. And consistency too. So you can imagine that if you have a, a, you know, three-year-old, let's say that you lie in bed with to fall asleep every night, you can imagine that when they wake up in the night, which all humans wake up in the night, but they wake up, they look to see if you're there, you're not there for sure. They're going to call for you to come back in and recreate that because they associate you with falling asleep. So then we go back into consistency. Are you being consistent? No, you're not really being consistent. So no wonder they keep waking up and calling for you. So it's working on bedtime too. A lot of people think they have night waking problems but they really have a sleep association that starts at bedtime. You cannot learn anything new in the middle of the night. Okay. You cannot. So if you're lying with your child at bedtime and they call for you at night because they want you to come do the same thing that you did at bedtime, it's too hard to learn for them to learn that you're not going to come in the middle of the night. You got to work on it at bedtime. Mm. So again, what I'm hearing here is like, it's all habits consistency. Yes. And timing, setting them up for success. Mm. So like, if you have a, if you have like a two-year-old and they're not going to bed till 11 o'clock at night, that's a problem, right? You're not setting them up for success. Their body naturally wants to be sleeping by like 7.30 at night because of their circadian rhythm and they are exhausted. And so that's going to perpetuate your night wake-ups, you know? Mm, Cause they're going to be overtired. Overtired. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I need to sit with this because again, it's like, it's so simple whenever you read about it. Right, yeah. Sarah? <laughs> yes. And that's why people hire sleep consultants because they need right. accountability and they need things tailored towards their unique situations. Mm-hmm. And so, so for example, where people have trouble, like with the lying beside, it's like, what do I do if I don't lie beside? What do I do when they have that tantrum? Right. Mm-hmm. And this is where this, this comes into different parenting philosophies. So I don't love tears. I hate hearing my child cry. However, I also hate that they wake up six times at night and need me to lie with them to fall back asleep. So I'm going to have to get through this discomfort and then expressing their tears and telling me how annoyed and frustrated and tired they are that I'm not doing what they would like me to do to get to that better place. That's better for all of our health and well-being, Right. And it's getting through that part. That's very difficult for people, especially if you've spent like two years making sure your child never cried. Mm. Right. Right. Then like, oh gosh, this way of parenting isn't working for me anymore. And this is what I see with a lot of my, myself personally, I remember having this feeling and I see it with a lot of my clients, because it's true that you attract people like you hundred percent, right. Is like, this is not how I pictured parenting. I pictured parenting, having a great sleeper who never cried, but here I am in this position where they're waking up four times a night. I'm tired. I'm starting to feel resentful, which is terrible because this is the best journey I've ever been on, but it's way harder than I thought. And oh my gosh, how do I reconcile all these different feelings of feeling like I'm a, the big one is everyone feels like I'm abandoning them and I'm going to hurt them. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially with the, the younger kiddos, but there's different ways of doing the sleep teaching where you're still in the same room with them and working on those other pillars alone can actually help you make gains in decreasing night bakings and whatnot. But I would say that I feel like sleep is the first parenting challenge with reconciling like what you thought it would look like. And then the reality of it, and also understanding your child's temperament. Cause you even said it, my daughter was better than my son. And mm-hmm. it's not like there's probably not much difference in how you approach the situation, but their temperament changed mm-hmm. the outcomes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, there's so much stigma around the cry it out method. Yes. Right. Yes. And so then it's like this fear, like, like you said, I don't want to mess this up. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and two, I hear in that too, Sarah, of like, not only are you sleep training, but you're like coaching them through this. I thought parenting would look like this. Here's yeah. where it's at. Let's blend this reality and like mourn 
what yeah. we thought it was going to look like. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's such a good way to put it. And yeah. mourn, mourn the journey that you pictured for yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I realized my son was never going to play sports, <laughs> never going to be really interested in sports. And I was super athletic and it was such a wonderful part of my life. Mourning the realization that group team sports were not for him. I did have some grief associated with that and mourn that. And you're right. It isn't just training. I hate the word training because it sounds so rigid. This is really teaching parents and kiddos right? About sleep and science, because that helps them be better troubleshooters. And then coaching them through the process of overcoming this feeling like, am I doing something wrong? Right. And yeah. I have to, like, here you are, you're promoted to the, like, you're now CEO in the life of a little person. And you usually have very little training, potentially very little support, especially in these COVID times. And you love this job more than anything you ever thought possible. You don't want to screw it up right? That's a whole lot going on. That's a whole lot going on. And that's why you get a coach for different things, right? Yeah. So in essence, like you're not just sleep coaching, consulting them, like you're coaching them and like, welcome to parenting. Yeah. (laughs) They just don't know it when they sign up. They don't know when they sign up, but what a beautiful thing. Yes. I feel very skills for parenting for life. Like you said, with there's going to be disappointments because that's really what this is about, right? Disappointing my child is not what I thought it would be. They're not sleeping how I thought. So then later down the road, when they don't do baseball or for my daughter dance, I was like, no problem. I know how to mourn this now. And we're moving on versus some parents who don't have that skill, like people in my inner circle (laughs) who don't, and then they like force their children on this journey. And it's like, you've got to let this go. You're causing more harm actually by forcing them on this specific journey that you envision versus letting them be themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Working with what you have, you have to work with what you have. And, you know, in in the five, six-year-old crew, that might not be safe. That might not be softball, right? It's not the thing, but maybe Mm -hmm. it's art or something else. Mm -hmm. And in the sleep teaching journey, maybe more tears than you anticipated, but there's a greater goal at play, which is more sleep for everyone, which is so important for your health and well-being in general. Which everyone's, everyone's not just yours. Yeah. 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 And then I love all the comments that I get at the end too, right? Usually it's like, wow, I'm so proud of him. It's so adorable. Like you really are proud of your little person. Then I'm like, well, I'm so proud of you because you did something that felt completely unnatural right? You trusted me. Thank you. That's huge. Right. And you got to this new place. Like you just had a huge growth experience and, and, and you, you trusted your little person to see that they're capable, like they are capable. And it goes back to that. Most people don't think their kiddos are capable, um, but they are. Even when they're four months old, even when they're four months old. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how you just keep saying like sleep is a skill, which I actually had another podcast many, many months, if not years ago, where someone came on and talked about that, like sleep is a skill for all of us. Mm-hmm. And so really in essence, what you're doing when your child is in any age, you're teaching them the skill of sleep. And so of course, yeah, you feel proud then if you look yeah. at it that way of like, oh, look yeah. at what I've done. And I've been your coach. And then yeah. I've had my own coach that's helped me along the way. Yeah. Like it's a beautiful team. There's nothing better than looking at the baby monitor and seeing them like kind of do their little self-soothing skin skill and then fall asleep. Like that's such a, you're just so proud as a parent when they do that. Yeah. Well, and too, if we even look beyond sleep as like to self-soothe is one of the things we all need to master. Right. Yeah. That's so insightful. That's so interesting. You say that. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and then it goes back to, like you said, you know, I don't know. Have you read Glennon Doyle's um, book? Untamed. Untamed. She talks about that, like parents in our generation is like, okay, our kids can never cry. They can never be upset. We have to be perfect. And we're setting them up for such a huge disservice. They have to experience mm-hmm. things that are upset, even when they're little babies. And yeah. we're not going to traumatize them in that process. No, we're not. And the argument, right? The argument people always come up with, they can't self-soothe. Well, I really believe the, the, the research shows they can self-soothe three to four months. But from my experience, four months is the number. At three months, there's still too much variability with the startle reflux and lack of hand control. But at four months and older, absolutely, they can do it. And I remember feeling like I was muting the tears with the breastfeeding, Mm. you know, which is ties into what you just commented on about like, yeah, they have to be able to express themselves and get that out and feel heard and seen. Right. And then you move on. Right. And that's, right. yeah, I think this is very similar. Well, I mean, in going down another tangent with that, Sarah too, is like in our society review, emotion, especially tears and anger and all that is like, that's bad. Something's gone wrong versus this is a human natural thing. Yeah. You're changing up someone's routine. It's mm-hmm. going to feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. and they're little and they're going to have tears and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You yeah. And you sit on the floor with them and you acknowledge those tears. You say, mm-hmm, I hear you. You're sad because, mm-hmm. and then you open your arms and they come in and you soothe them. Right. Mm-hmm. Should we yeah. try that again? Let's try that again. Yeah. Right, back into bed. Here we go. Yeah. So good. Okay. So every once in a while, you and I kind of talked about this when we met a few weeks ago, I get a client who has an older kiddo older than four and they're still sleeping in the bed. Do you remember what you told me, Sarah? No, I don't remember. What did I say? There's some deeper coaching needed there. Well, I would say one, if that's working for you, amazing. Okay. If that's working for you, awesome. If that works for a family, like no judgment here, but if, if they were coming to me for coaching, like clearly it's not working for you. And I usually do after four years, I usually say like, yes, go talk to more of a parent coach or a therapist about why you want that to continue. What under subconscious thing is keeping your kiddo there, right? Mm -hmm. Is it really that or is it you or is it both? Mm -hmm. But it still can be done. Uh, The undoing of it. Oh, hundred percent. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because again, sleep is a skill. Yeah. And again, it goes back into motivation right? Who's motivated to change? Because the parent has to be motivated because it's going to be a challenge because these are habits that have probably been around for years. And the child has to be motivated because why would they want to change that warm, cozy place where they're kind of the center of the world, right? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sarah, how can people work with you? Um, Well, there's tons of free free blog posts on uh, my website. I have a a simple quiz on there too that can help give you some free info on timing but helpingbabysleep.com come on over check it out i do online classes i've got a book on amazon the helping baby sleep method the art and science of teaching your baby to sleep it's for zero to 24 months and then we also have online classes for the newborn the gentle sleep shaping babies and toddlers two to four years but helpingbabysleep.com nice and you do some one-on-one too Oh yeah. Do one high touch, high touch one-to-one with people Mm -hmm. who are um, really struggling um, or just want to do it as efficiently as possible the first time. Yeah. And um, your prices are lower than probably what people think. And you told me, I believe that most people or some people get it reimbursed, right? 
Yeah, so it's not covered by insurance, but many of the employee benefit plans, if you've subscribed to a flexible medical spending account, a lot of my clients here in the Bay Area, especially um, have a lot of those and they, they get reimbursed through those. Totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Sleep is worth so much. Well, it's interesting because if you said, hey, how much would you pay to have your kiddo sleeping through the night right now? Right. If you were struggling, you might be going like this big number. Well, yeah, like five, 10 K. Right. Right. Is that life changing? Yeah. Think about it. You're like, ah, why should I have to pay for parenting? Right. We think we shouldn't have to pay, but these are investments into your parenting skills and usually the health and well-being of like your entire family. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that too, because especially as women is like, I should know how to do this. There's something wrong here. And then too, if you have a husband that's like not with it or a partner that's not with it, you're like, it kind of feeds into that more Like you can figure it out, honey, you can do it. Well, then that leads into a whole money mindset conversation, which is so interesting too, right? Like how, the value that we place on money versus our well-being, right? Mm. Does that money look better in a savings account or, you know, in my wardrobe or in my peace of mind? Right. And yeah. some people value those things in the same way. Everybody has different values. So yeah. 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 So good. Okay. Thank you so much for this, Sarah. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning into the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast. If you haven't left a review for the show yet, what are you waiting for? Your reviews give us the feedback and momentum we need to continue to produce this incredible free content for you. Plus, when you leave a review for the show, you get a copy of my book for free. Simply take a picture of your review and submit it to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash one zero zero. And you'll receive a digital copy of my wisdom from the first hundred episodes book. This book is a study guide for life. Enjoy. And of course, share this show with your friends. I believe every woman can create a deeply fulfilling life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. The more you help others succeed, the more you help yourself. So share, share, share this show. And I'll see you soon and your friends back on the show next week for another eye-opening episode. Until then, keep rocking it.